You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. When I first started teaching yoga, it was the norm to be able to promote your other yoga offerings to the students that attended your classes. These days, I'm hearing about more and more restrictive policies about what yoga teachers can share with their students in class. As yoga teachers, how do we navigate our relationships with multiple studios? How can we evaluate each studio's policy for fairness? And what's the best way to negotiate when we think it's needed? Hello, yoga teacher. Before I jump into the content for today, I want to share a really sweet review that Cactus Blossom Yoga left on iTunes just yesterday. Cactus Blossom Yoga says, I love this podcast and highly recommend it to all yoga teachers who want to improve their skill set. My teaching has improved dramatically in the last month since I began listening. Thank you, Mado, for your hard work on this project. It's clear that you care deeply and put much thought and effort into each episode. Wow, that is awesome awesome that you feel like listening to this podcast has dramatically improved your teaching. That's huge. I loved how you said that it's clear that I care because I really do. So thank you for taking the time to let me know. To any of my other listeners who've been thinking about reaching out, the best way to do so is on iTunes. But if you don't have iTunes and you don't want to figure that out, you can also just email me at helloyogateacher at gmail.com. Now let's shift back to talking about the sensitive relationship between yoga teachers and yoga studio owners. I want to start by saying I deeply respect the hard work and the responsibility that studio owners take on as leaders of their community. My clients are primarily independent yoga teachers, so this episode is mostly from that perspective, but it doesn't mean that I don't empathize with the difficult position that studio owners are in. I know that many of you have also been burned in the past by teachers who've behaved unethically. So restrictive policies on promotion within your studio might make a whole lot of sense. When you spend money on advertising and also have the responsibility of paying rent, it can feel very, very important to make sure that the students who are currently coming stay at your studio. However, I do think we all teachers studio owners, studio managers, we all need to remember that our students are actually autonomous human beings and we can't control their actions by limiting their access to information. All we can do is make sure that we are offering the best product we can and we're communicating about it in an effective and ethical way. If you are not offering full-time employment to your teachers, but your teachers are full-time yoga teachers, then Restricting their ability to share about what they're doing with their students can leave them feeling less than supported. I wholeheartedly believe that it is in the best interest of both teachers and the studios for the relationship to be mutually beneficial. Should there be clear expectations and boundaries? Absolutely. And as you'll hear from some of the stories I'll share later, sometimes it's not obvious to both parties what is ethical from each perspective. So it's really, really important, I think, to have dialogues, to listen to each other, and to put yourself in each other's shoes. The thing that I'm seeing more and more is yoga studios offering low pay paired with really strong restrictions about sharing 
outside events or even that they're on social media. And when they do this, they end up with more turnover in teachers and probably less experienced teachers willing to work with them. There's also a loss of community feeling, and this leads to less revenue in the long run. So if you have a studio that's struggling, the first place to look is not in cutting teacher pay, but in increasing teacher buy-in and engagement in your community. The teachers are not only the lifeblood of your studio, they are literally the product that you're selling. Let me share a few stories from my own experience that illustrate the need for clear communication and empathy on both sides. As I mentioned right in the beginning, my first years of yoga teaching were during a time when promoting your other events was pretty much a free-for-all, at least where I was teaching. It was explicitly stated as a benefit of teaching at one of the studios I taught at, and at the others, it was an unspoken assumption, even at the gyms where I taught. I personally had no awareness that it might be a problem in other cities or areas, or that it would end up being a hot-button topic down the road. Many years later, I ended up getting in trouble at one studio for talking about it was a class or an event at another studio. And I take full responsibility for not being sensitive to the dynamics between those two studios. I do have an unfortunate tendency to open my mouth and blurt out whatever I'm thinking without a ton of awareness of more subtle social dynamics. So I don't fault the studio. They were responding to changing market dynamics in the best way that they knew how. And in the peace and love culture of the yoga world, there's a lot of subtle social dynamics that go over my head, and I don't have a lot of patience for them. But that's the world I'm in, and I'm continuously learning how to both navigate it and also introduce new norms of super, super clear boundaries and policies. So again, with this studio, I think they were doing the best they could. And for all of us now and in the future, let's very clearly articulate what we believe is ethical behavior, both as studio owners and as teachers. At another studio, I ran into a real gray area where I was never given definite rules about what I could and couldn't promote. It was allowed for me to share outside events and flyers, but I ended up having some kind of confusing and uncomfortable conversations where the studio management expressed their discomfort about my offering things nearby that are similar to what they offer. But it really was challenging for me because none of this was stated as a clear boundary. It was just, oh, we're not really comfortable with this. And then what do I do with that? If they had made rules about it, I could have evaluated whether or not it made sense to stay there or to gracefully bow out. Because the boundaries were expressed in vague language, I was left to navigate each situation and question each offering, is this too close? Is this okay? Which was honestly quite stressful and draining for me. And the crux of it is, I didn't earn enough at either yoga studio to make a living, but I was a full-time yoga teacher. So there I was trying to cobble together enough money to live on as a single mom and figure out what I am and am not allowed to teach nearby or promote at each studio. So you can probably understand why this is a sensitive topic for me. 
This topic comes up frequently in the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook group. I'm going to read a question from a listener and respond to it because the question brings up some important nuances. She said, I have had to sign a contract agreeing to not discuss other classes to the clients of the studio or give out business cards. I understand from a business perspective why the studio owner doesn't want this, but if a student asks and they enjoy my classes, it feels really uncomfortable. Do they want me to lie and say, no, I don't teach anywhere else when actually I do? I run my own classes and I promote the studio at those classes. I love teaching at the studio, but the contract doesn't feel supportive and it doesn't feel fair. Is this the business world that I should just learn to accept or is there a better way? What are your thoughts on discussing classes that you teach elsewhere to students at the studio if they ask you specifically? This is a tough one with a lot of different angles and I'm going to try to look at all of them the best I can. In regard to whether or not it's standard, it It's not standard around the world. It might be standard where you live, so I really couldn't speak to that. But I know of lots of yoga studios who don't have that policy. I think it is okay and it is fair to ask you not to promote your other classes as long as they are asking you that very clearly and they're paying you a fair wage based on your level of experience and your dedication. Definitely asking you to lie or avoid the question, that is not okay, but it's not clear to me that they've actually asked you to do that. So if it were me, I would contact the studio owner directly and set up an in-person conversation so that you can ask for clarification about what they want you to do when your students directly ask you where else you teach. Now they might send you mixed messages and say that it's okay, but you can tell from their body language that it's not, that would be a big red flag to me. I would definitely let them know that you're not comfortable lying. Tell them that you respect their policy on promotion and will abide by it, but that if your students ask you directly, it doesn't feel right to lie. Then stop talking and see what they say. If a studio owner straight up tells you to lie I don't know that I would be able to stay in that environment. I would probably let go of those classes because if they ask you to lie once, you never know where else there are integrity gaps. But at the same time, I really want to know where someone stands. So I also would have a hard time staying if they tell you, oh, no, don't lie, but their body language is saying something else. So this is a tough one. I guess you really just have to hope that they would say, no, we totally understand. If your student asks you directly, you can tell them the truth. Now, if you've signed a contract, then I do recommend that you honor what's at, whatever's in that contract. The great thing about having it all laid out clearly in a contract is that you know what the expectations are. You also have a starting point to negotiate from if you sign a contract and then realize that you're no longer comfortable with it. In that case, I would have a heart-to-heart with the studio owner. I would come from a place of assuming positive intent from them, assuming that they are really doing the best they can to provide a supportive environment for people to practice yoga, and that whatever they've put in the contract has been put there either thoughtfully with good intentions or perhaps more quickly copying somebody else's contract 
some studio owners might actually be very open to negotiating the terms of the contract. They may have copied it from somebody else and be really open to hearing your point of view. Now, others will not be, but the only way to find out is to ask. Doing that vulnerable work of reaching out and asking for clarity is so worth it because if you wait too long and you let assumptions persist, then resentments can fester and things can get really messy and leaving becomes a lot more painful. One of my coaching clients was asked to leave a studio where she had been teaching for a very long time. The studio owners in their description of why they let her go said she was disloyal, which of course was very hurtful to her because she didn't feel disloyal at all. The only thing she could think of was that they were upset that she was teaching multiple places. The studio wasn't offering her enough classes or enough opportunities to make her entire living teaching there. And yet, as far as she could tell, they didn't want her teaching anywhere else to the point that they would let her go over it. So obviously, I was only exposed to one half of the story, but I would really like for yoga teachers and yoga studio owners to be able to see each other's perspectives and to develop relationships that are win-win. Ultimately, we all have the same goal, which is to share yoga with more people. I'm a big fan of the teacher-run cooperative yoga studio model. I think it's a better business model because there's no need for a studio to make a profit. It's all about the teachers and the students. I have an episode, episode 23, about a yoga teacher who runs her studio this way, so I will include a link in the show notes. To the yoga teachers listening, I really want you to teach at yoga studios where you feel valued. I get that there are some situations where you might not feel that you have a choice, but I think that we as yoga teachers actually have way more choices than we're aware of. There are so many places and so many ways to teach yoga. You do not need to feel limited to yoga studios. You can teach in churches, gyms, community centers. You can teach in schools. You can teach in your basement or your spare room. And if you're really ambitious, you can get together a group of your yoga teacher friends and create a cooperative studio. Now, if you teach yoga more like a hobby because you have another job that pays your bills, it might not feel like a big deal to agree to an unequal contract. Consider, though, the effect of that on other yoga teachers. If you accept that contract, you're making it harder for full-time yoga teachers to negotiate. Here's an extreme but real-life example of an unequal contract that I recently heard about. A studio with a no-promotion-at-all policy made promoting every single one of their events on social media a requirement for teaching there, meaning that at this studio, you're not allowed to even mention that you're on social media. But on that very social media account that you're not supposed to mention at the studio, you're expected to post about every single event that the yoga studio is putting on. Now, I believe that the studio owner or the whoever made up this policy probably had the best of intentions with it. They probably had really good reasons for it. But I can't imagine that they are truly putting themselves in their teacher's shoes when they think about what this policy means and how one-sided it is. The crazy thing is that teaching jobs are so scarce in this area that 
teachers are signing the agreement. I don't know if they'll be able to even keep up with it, though, because it's hard enough for yoga teachers to remember to promote all of our own events, much less all of the events at all of the studios we teach at. Imagine if you're teaching, say, at four studios, and they all are requiring you to promote every event. I mean, it starts to boggle my mind. In the interest of giving a balanced perspective, I also heard about a studio owner on the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook group shared that they had to implement a no promotion policy because teachers were promoting during Shavasana. So the lack of logical thinking definitely goes both ways. Many studio owners on that Facebook thread stated that they're open to having their teachers promote with prior permission, meaning that the studio owner wants to vet what's being promoted inside their studio. And I think this is reasonable because as in the story I just told, yoga teachers don't always do the right thing. A studio owner and a teacher might have different ideas about what events are ethical or relevant, and it's fair for a studio owner to want to know what's going on inside their studio. As a studio owner, if you do have a restrictive policy, I would invite you to question, to ask yourself, how else am I supporting my teachers in making a living? Could you occasionally allow them to plug something in the newsletter? or offer some other way to support them if you're not offering them a full-time job. And for teachers, definitely consider the position of the studio owner as well, and know that your biggest leverage in negotiation is the willingness to walk away if you can't come to an agreement that feels fair, because ultimately it is their studio. Yes, they may replace you next week, with another teacher, but eventually, if all the talented teachers, all the experienced teachers keep leaving a yoga studio because of an unfair policy, I believe they'll eventually get the message. So what does it look like for a studio and a teacher to have a win-win relationship? The studio has clear rules and guidelines. Their pay structure is consistent, and it takes into account the cost of living where they're located. The process for teachers to get extra teaching opportunities, such as workshops, is transparent. Both parties abide by any contract they sign until the day they change it or end that contract. If teachers are allowed to promote their outside events, then they also make an effort to promote the studio. Teachers are mindful about covering any missed classes in advance and avoid placing extra stress on studio management. Teachers make an effort to have a presence at any studio that offers them a consistent number of classes by attending classes and attending community events. And yes, maybe promoting those events, hopefully without being required to. Ultimately, we need to each consistently check in with and evaluate our values. Then we need strategies and structures to help us keep our actions in alignment with those values. Modern life is fast-paced, and we need our practice and whatever else we can use to help us consistently remember to live from our values. This kind of work, including structures and strategies, are a big part of my group coaching program. And if you're interested in participating, the next round starts in January, but registration is happening next week 
in November. So make sure you're on my email list because I'm going to send out all the details and the email list is the only place you'll hear about it. If you're listening to this later, get on my email list anyway, because you'll want to be ready for the next round whenever that is. You can join and get a free download of 100 yoga class themes at teachingyoga.net slash join. That's all for this week. I hope it was helpful. I'm sure there's so much more to say about this topic. You can come to the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook group and continue the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm.